Welcome to the Team Packed Podcast with your host, Quinton Pools. We hope to inspire you to think critically and biblically about current issues facing our culture, challenge you to make a difference in your community, and ultimately change the world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this next episode of the Team Pack Podcast. This is Quinn, your host, and it is a joy to have Brent Vassbinder with me. Brent uh, previously served in Team Pact uh, with our internship and program directed several years back. And then there was this gap where he, he served a few different times at National Convention, Team Pact Congress, but we did not have consistent access to, to Brent Vassbinder. And now we do because Brent has recently accepted a position to be the Assistant Director of Staff Development working with Serena Dilloglos for Team Pact. So he'll be training staff and interns throughout the year. And it is a total joy to have him. He currently lives in Louisville, Kentucky, and is attending Southern Seminary. And right now, we are recording this uh, in Richmond at the Team Pact office. So Brent, it's awesome to have you. If you want to say, hey, I think this is your second time on the podcast. Yeah. Hey, Quinn. Thank you so much for having me on. I am thrilled to be back on the podcast. And like you mentioned, um, after four years of being away from being full-time with the ministry, I am thrilled to have the opportunity to come back and be full-time with Team Pact. Um, just a joy to return to the work and the ministry of what Team Pact is about. Heck yeah. And that's, uh, that's the big question that I want to dive into today. So when I think about listeners across the country, people who are currently involved in Team Pact or people who um, were you know students years ago, staff years ago, and that maybe still listen, they're interested in why uh, you in particular are back. A lot of people know you, especially from the last, you know, 10, 12 years in Teen Pact. Um, I, I remember, uh, you know, first meeting you back in, I think, 2013 at Teen Pact Congress. Um, and and so thinking about, you know, that, that very long trajectory from, you know, student Brent to today, um, why is it that you felt compelled to, to not just, you know, volunteer for Congress, volunteer for National Convention, but no, I want to come back and I want to serve in this capacity full time. Like that's a really big commitment. Uh, I realize you've got a wife and a kiddo and you're in seminary. Like th there's a lot going on. So you could have done anything kind of with your with your work time, but you chose to invest in Team Pact. So my big question is, and we'll, we'll explore this in different facets, but why? Yeah, thanks, Gwen. I really appreciate it. That's a great question. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, my Team Pact journey has been pr fairly extensive. I went to my first state class, uh, Florida 2, in 2012, and I was, you know, just the, maybe, I think the classic Team Pact student story you might hear is like the one dragged. I was definitely the one who had all of my homework completed before the new year started, and the class was in April, um, <laughs> but I just, I didn't want to feel like I was doing anything last minute, so I did everything five months in advance. Um, and I was, that was kind of the perception I went into Teen Pact with was I really want to um, make friends through Teen Pact. Um, admittingly, when I went into Teen Pact, I actually really wasn't um, super interested in the government aspect of Teen Pact. I was a speech and debater with NCFCA, and so I kind of saw Team Pact as a way that I could potentially put my debate skills to use, perhaps, um, learn to critically think, and then definitely to make friends was my main um, interest in pursuing Team Pact community. And so I went to my first state class in 2012, stayed with the ministry as a student, staffer, intern, and program director. Um, and as that time went on, 
Um, the Lord transformed my heart. And if you listen to the talk I gave at national convention this year, I kind of actually go into detail about what that journey looked like. And I went from going in, looking at how, what can I get out of team pact? How can I feel accepted and approved? How can I make friends? And the Lord really transformed my heart in team pact to man, what can I give of myself to people? How can I be an encouragement to other people? How can I be a part of helping someone mature as a disciple of Christ? And so that was a huge journey that went on from the time I was a student to the time I was a program director. Um, but something that I'm realizing now as I look back on my Team Pact experience is I think I fell into a little bit of what I actually I learned from Worldview Academy, one of our, our partner ministries, is what they call the sacred-secular dichotomy. And so during my time in Team Pact, look, reflecting now back on it, you know, when I was a student 10 years ago, and even staffing seven, eight years ago, is that I really latched on to this idea of, man, Team Pact is here to help students grow in their relationship with Christ. And I thought that was an incredible goal. That was something that at my home, my parents were emphasizing. That was something at my church, my church was emphasizing. And then I went to Team Pact and I was interacting with Christians and I was like, man, Team Pact's incredible because during free time and during evening session, we have opportunities to point people to Christ. And so I was very much excited about what we did after three o'clock, you could say, or after four o'clock. Okay. Yeah. I see where you're going. And so that carried through. And then obviously being on the intern team for two years, I was very much also given a huge responsibility over the program elements. And I found great joy in doing those alongside my friends. But throughout the entire time I was in the intern team, I still had that lingering question of like, what is the usefulness about centering our program around understanding the political process, valuing liberty, teaching students to do so, and engaging the culture in a time of their lives when typically they do not. And so I kind of got to the, the end of my PDCs and I was like, you know, I'm super glad I was a part of Teen Pact. I'm grateful I went through the program, but I want to focus more on, on spiritual things the rest of my life. And so I think coming back now after being gone for four years, the Lord has done a great work in my heart to transform my perception of what areas God is interested in advancing his kingdom. Uh, and so I think that would be what I would tell people is one of the main things that has shifted that brought me back is the Lord has given me a complete change of perspective as far as what it looks like to train people um, to be disciples of Christ, that engaging the culture understanding how the jurisdiction that God has placed us in, for instance, here in America and the various state government systems, that that is not disconnected from being a mature disciple of Christ. And I think especially as a student, I struggle to make that connection. Yeah, that's good. I, I think, you know, Teen Pact in many ways could could be, you know, a form of it could be created for, for anywhere in the world, right? Like you could help students understand the political process as a part of a greater framework of submission to God's authority and, and a kind of a biblical worldview. And I think oftentimes uh, students will either come because of kind of that political slash debate, you know, legislative kind of educational component, or they'll come kind of more with just like the, the ministry, discipleship, friendship, kind of like this kind of angle. And I think What's really unique about Team Pact, I, I I don't think I'm uh you know this is no headline, but like merging the two of those and and having a a consistent view of that 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 makes sense of that is actually pretty rare, 
And I think that's one of the things that makes Teen Pack special. It's not the only thing, but one of the things is that, you know, students can be engaging about a particular legislative topic at the Capitol from nine to three and then deepening those relationships and personal conversations after three o'clock at a state class, at a camp, et cetera. And that's actually filling in gaps in kind of their worldview. And I think that it's interesting that you came about some of that perspective shift from from even just language from Worldview Academy, because because that's kind of their big thing is like 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 a biblical view of life like is going to make sense of life. Like there's going to be different categories. There's going to be different concepts, but, but it's going to make sense. It's going to relate. It's not going to be, um, it's not going to be inconsistent. Then we need to live a consistent worldview. And I think thinking critically and biblically about, uh, kind of that intersection of faith and politics is really, really important. You and I, um, this week, the reason you're in town is because we're we're training up the program directors for the 2023 season. And I had the pleasure yesterday of of doing a, a training session for about 90 minutes on our alumni track, um, which is about homelessness. And that was a really interesting topic to get into this past summer because as we're developing the content, we're thinking about, okay, is this just kind of like an individual nonprofit Christian church responsibility thing? Like, wait, how does this actually apply in the political world? Oh, actually, there's a ton of consideration about social services and general welfare and funding and public, and, and, you know, and voting. And like, there, there's all these complex uh, elements but it actually helped us develop a curriculum that that walks students through and saying, hey, how do you actually run to scripture and how do you actually start to develop a view of this topic in a way that is informed by by scripture and by history and by language? Like like these are really just kind of fundamental things that we should be building for for any young person. But but Teen Pact, I, f- I feel like fills a particular gap that that a lot of people don't even have even as they're trying to raise their own kids or even as they rely on another school to do that, like Teen Pack Leadership Schools kind of comes in and says, hey, there's kind of a void here in, in your life and education. Let's come alongside you as parents and help with that. And so I love that, that your vision has kind of expanded to um, to include more than just, you know, those emphasis. Uh, emphases like you're not just about the, the the conversation on the side of the frisbee field. That's really important moment. Like those 45 minute conversations are are incredible and go go really far in affecting somebody's life. But but it's more than that. It, it's it's also the program content that we're addressing and it's the worship music and it's you know it's this the way the whole program is designed. Right. So I wanna I wanna think about not just you know Teen Pact as a ministry that you're coming back to serve with, but I want to think a little bit about you and your family and kind of what you feel called to do. So I know for a while there you were living in Louisiana and then now you're up in Kentucky and you're pursuing a couple degrees here and there. And so what is what is kind of the big why for you? Like what is it that your your you feel like your life trajectory is heading toward? I think you've hinted at it a couple times, but but how does Teen Pack kind of fit where you feel like God is uniquely equipping you and leading you and giving you opportunities to grow? Yeah, thanks Gwen for that question. And I definitely would heartily agree to your thoughts on just how Teen Pack does fill that specific gap that I think is essential for Christians to think about and having a holistic Christian worldview and not just a, 
a you know short-sighted view on the relevant categories for the, the way that the, our relationship with Jesus impacts just one aspect of our, our walk. And so I appreciate that that thought. As far as my life trajectory goes, the last three, four years of my life is I've been intentionally pursuing pastoral ministry as a full-time vocational calling. And that's something that I've been thankful that the Lord has provided opportunities to grow in. So I just spent the last two years serving as a pastoral apprentice at Emmanuel Community Church in New Orleans, Louisiana. And that was an opportunity to serve underneath a group of our, our elders down there and intentionally shadow them and seek to grow in what it would look like to shepherd people in a local church. And I think being in Teen Pact really helped give me a deep desire for the local church and the power of the local church, um, not in a way that I think took away from as if you have to choose between are you going to be involved in your church or are you going to be involved in Teen Pact, but how often even some of these parachurch ministries like Teen Pact and Worldview ideally are complementing and emphasizing what is going on in the weekly rhythms in these student lives in the local church. Mm, that's good. And so that's kind of the goal right now would be to be in a place where one day if the Lord would open the door, I would love to serve full time teaching the Bible and encouraging the saints in the weekly rhythm of a local church. And I see Teen Pact as something that so fits with that same same vein of work um, because it's we're also about creating mature disciples for Christ. But back actually to you know what we've been talking about is recognizing that the local church has to care and and see that teaching the Bible leads to thinking on and acting in these various areas. So you think about a book like the book of James, which is talking about faith and how we want to have a faith that is is showing itself to be a true faith. And so, of course, James famously says, you know, true, pure, undefiled religion is taking care of orphans and widows in their distress. And so even like uh, an alumni topic this year, like homelessness, which kind of gets at that intersection with faith and politics, I see this as an area that people inside local churches, pastors should be leading their people to think on ways that one, their local church could be ministering in this area, but also almost like you mentioned yesterday, the program directors, I think we as Christians need to be thinking about how does government relate and how does even what we go to the voting box for, how does that impact that same area? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Even as I think about, you know, my local church and my local community here. So we're south side of Richmond in Midlothian. And um, there, there's a handful of people <clears throat> here in our county that just along kind of major roads will, will uh, panhandle. And I, I've wondered, like, should I just call the number on the sign that says, Hey, call social services. If, if you see someone in the, you know, like, should I do that? Or should I stop and, and hand out some sort of food or money or should I uh, not do anything? And I, I haven't really thought about this, but, but where is my local church equipping me to, to navigate that, to, to think and live in accordance with the biblical worldview right there in that sphere. And so, so in some ways teen pact is kind of, entering a space and, and we're not going to do that on every topic, not even every topic under the umbrella of like faith and politics. Right. But we, we are helping move that direction. We're starting to fill a void. Here's a question for you. I, I, I totally affirm, you know, kind of your vision for the local church and God's God's vision for his, his mission being fulfilled is through local churches primarily. And so a, a kind of a, a, an organization like ours in many ways is supposed to come alongside 
the family and come alongside the local church, come alongside pastors. Have you thought about ways that, that Teen Pack could do that um, for local churches? Like, is there, you know, because right now our relationship is is primarily with parents. Like we, you know, we, we promote our events and then, you know, parents tell each other about, about, oh, this was a great experience for my student and, and you should, you should come. And we get more families coming and more families coming and more families coming, which is awesome. And sometimes we'll have that relationship with like a school, maybe a private school or like a CC group or something like that. But I wonder if there's a, if there's a category for us, maybe even a big category where Teen Pact is not just equipping families, not just equipping individuals or schools, but we're actually coming alongside and equipping local churches. Have you, have you put any thought into that or do you have any initial uh, uh, thoughts that we could kind of start exploring as, as we now are partners in ministry again? Yeah, Quinn, I, I think that's a great question. And I think that's an area that I've definitely been thinking on the last few months as far as Teen Pact's ability to, yeah, to be a resource to help saints. Um, and obviously I think God calls all Christians to be actively involved in a local church. And so that definitely would be an area where I think we can engage in something that I've been thinking about on this topic is I think a lot of it comes down to looking for, um, a shared worldview and a shared philosophy of ministry. When we're talking about teen pact coming alongside churches, um, there is a wide variety of churches and last time I was on the Team Pack podcast, I was encouraging the listeners to think on the differences between a healthy local church and an unhealthy church. Yes. Um, and so I think for Team Pact, what that might look like is trying to identify local churches who have a like-minded perspective on the gospel and some of the ways we live out the gospel. And that would be where I think we could identify local churches that have some of those those similar priorities and I think it would be those kind of churches that would say, hey, you know, we recommend that all of our, our, our high school students go to, you know, some random summer camp every year. <laughs> and and we, we, we help raise money and we, we send them to go have a fun time there. You know, I would love to see churches connected with Teen Pact in a way that they would say, mm. hey, we're going to encourage our high schoolers that we're going to help them work with them to get them to their state class every spring. I would love to see that because I think in church culture, there's often, often an emphasis on these more maybe revival focused or almost sports fun focused camps. Yeah. But I would love to see getting churches on board with this idea of seeing this is a useful resource to advocate for the young people in your church to be involved in. Well, totally. And, and, and any parent who's listening to this, uh, who's had their student go through Teen Pact knows that the Teen Pact experience compared to the like sports summer camp vibe is totally different. Like, Absolutely. Your student comes back and, and it's just it's down to super practical things. Like it's, it's after dinner, they're offering to help when it's like, wait, that's new. Like they're taking out the trash. What? Yeah. I didn't even ask you to do that. Like there's even just like, there's changes and maturity and growth and leadership. And like, it, it's a beautiful thing to see. And, and I'm not saying that that's a hundred percent of the time, but like the vast majority of students that come back from a state class are radically inspired by the peers that they've seen doing those sorts of things and leading and taking their lives seriously, taking their faith in, in God seriously, taking their devotion seriously. And so I love, I love that idea that, you know, e even just coming up with a, a way of connecting 
churches to that vision where where pastors and leaders in churches are able to see that the ministries like Teen Pact, like Worldview Academy, are, are worthy of of kind of pushing your young people to do that uh, a lot more so than kind of a, a typical summer youth camp vibe, right? And so no, nothing against, you know, the ones that are, you know, richly gospel-centered uh, youth camps. But for those that are not, I think we've got something to say to you. Um so I, I, I want to think about that concept of, of just even connecting with churches because something that um, Peter Martin and the Teen Pack board um, were discussing this past summer that I, I think was really helpful was just kind of considering that, that we, are, we are a big tent organization. Uh, meaning that there, you know, we have a lot of different people from from different church backgrounds or denominations. Like we're we're all under an Orthodox faith, and we have certain elements of our statement of faith that we require participants to agree to. But you're going to have uh, some more charismatic leaning people. You're going to have some more like you know Presbyterian. Lean, you know, you're going to have a lot of variety um, in kind of church experience and and what is the worship music like and you know and those sorts of things. I, I wonder even just moving more that direction though, even if, even if we're not saying like, here's the three churches in city a that you, you know, that are teen packed approved. Like, I don't know that teen packs going to get to that point, but if there's a resource, like even like nine marks, um, uh, up in Washington, DC, like they have such great resources where you can, you can literally say, all right, I'm looking for a healthy church by this definition. One that is, uh, that is doctrinally sound. One is that a gospel center that's going to preach the Bible week in and week out, you know, like, you know, there's certain qualities that I'm looking for in a local church. And, and then they have like a church search feature where you can just be like, Hey, I'm in new Orleans. I'm in Richmond. Can you help me find a church? And oftentimes there's multiple. Um, and then you get into some of the other, you know, doctrinal, you know, differences and convictions and so forth. But I think that idea of connecting students, even like, even like after a class, you know, whether it's an email or something like that, where it's like, Hey, here's all these new resources. Like we have the alumni network and we have the podcast and we have all these different things. We have alumni events. I wonder if one of those things should be, Hey, if you're not plugged into a healthy local church, here are some resources on that. Or here's a really good book on that. Like Mark Dever has, uh, um, what is a healthy church is, is a book that he's written and, and several others. But I think that sort of direction, I love the idea of like, if, if our mission at Teen Pact is going gonna, is gonna to be fulfilled and is going to be successful. It's going to be because people are plugged into a local church and are living that out. They're going to be living their faith out in a local context with a local body of believers sitting under the preached word week after week after week in that rhythm that you're talking about. So I, I just really love what you're describing here. Um, I'm, I'm also somebody that's very interested in pursuing pastoral ministry, as you know. And so um, there's kind of a joy that, you know, I just light up thinking about like, oh man, that totally makes sense. These are connected. And Yoko, and I think you hit something on there, is that Teen Pact is also often interacting with young people who are at an intersection where they're about to go through a major life transition. So many of our students are, are going in a place when they come to our events where they're about to graduate high school and go off to college or graduate high school and go off into the workforce and often maybe move to a different state. And so I think thinking on that relationship of Teen Pact and the local church is so helpful because... Obviously, we're not the church. We're not an ecclesiological, you know, the theology of the church focused organization like Nine Marks. But I think there has to be such a place where as our students get ready, maybe to move to a new town for a new school or job, what could we do to help them think wisely 
on what their church involvement looks like or what their church selection work, work, work looks like, because I'd be very interested in helping guide students th- think through some of those topics, because we live in a culture that is so imi- uh, entertainment saturated that I think, and I know for me, I fell into this when I first moved out of my home state. When I went to look for a church, my thought process was wherever I feel belonging to go back to that national convention theme, wherever I feel like I belong, I want to be at. Mm. And I think that's a dangerous place to be because if you just start off with, I'm looking for an emotional feeling and wherever I can find a community of people that meets that emotional feeling, then I'll stay there, which is ultimately what I ended up doing for three years in Louisiana. I think there has to be a place where team pack, we take all of these priorities and all of these principles and all of this focus and drive that we have to help train our students as they transition to a new season, perhaps where they're looking for a new local church to ask themselves, is, is that what you really want guiding you? Or are there things that the Bible tells us to prioritize? And we go look for those things in a church, trusting that the gospel is where we belong. So the church that most looks like the gospel is the church where we most truly belong. Mm, yeah, exactly. So one kind of last train of thought or question before we kind of wrap up, uh, you know, to to take this big, you know, you talked about big life decisions that are, you know, on the precipice for, for students as, as they come through the program. I mean, that's kind of a big part of what we're talking about here, even with you. And, you know, you're you're in the middle of seminary, you'll be finishing, I think, in a year and a half, and God willing. And you also have a wife and a baby and now you're taking on a job that is pretty demanding like and 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 you know it's not it's not for the benefits uh Brent Brent can tell you that it's not it's not cuz uh, we have this incredible financial package for our employees um but uh there's a there's an incredible incredibly fulfilling reward that comes from being able to mentor and disciple these interns that you're going to be serving with this year these program directors these staff um, and as you think about, you know, the next few years, um, working with Teen Pact, investing in this particular area, there, there are sacrifices, there's travel, there's long hours, there's big events, um, there's, you know, the call or the text from, from the intern or program director on the road that needs some support, needs some counsel. Um, what do you think is going to be motivating you, uh, you know, three months from now, six months from now, a year from now? to keep doing that where it's not just a one-time decision of like, Oh yeah, this seems like a good job, but where there's a joy in the day to day, there's a joy in even the difficulty that comes your way in ministry. What do you think is going to be, you know, kind of one of those things that's going to be helping you out through that? Yeah. I think the scriptures are just full of examples, exhortations, and motivations that help us in any respect, regardless of whether you're in ministry or in a marketplace job, that help sustain us. And I think as I've been reading through Paul's letters um, the last few months, as I wrap up my reading through the Bible in a year plan this year, I have been so struck by his willingness to pour himself out for the people that he is serving alongside and with. Mm. Um, I was reading the other day about him talking about how, you know, like a nursing mother, I was gentle with you and ministered to you. Like a father, he said today in First Thessalonians, I exhorted you. And so I think as I think about my opportunity to minister with Teen Pact, obviously I don't think I'm the Apostle Paul. I don't think I am an apostle at all. But I do think there is so much encouragement in the scriptures as far as presenting us with a sacrificial view of our life 
um, as to say all Christians are called to deliberately seek to do spiritual good and to present mature disciples to Christ Jesus at the last day. And so I think what's going to help sustain me here at my time at Teen Pact is not looking for signs of massive revivalistic fruit that's going to sustain me. I'm going to have the opportunity to go to a couple classes this year in Maryland and Kentucky, and I would love to see students deeply impacted on those classes for the glory of God. But I'm not going to those classes looking for validation in my time in Teen Pact. Mm. I think what's going to ground me in Teen Pact is seeing that the Lord calls his servants to plant seeds and water those seeds and pray that God would bring the growth. And so while I will rejoice when God gives me opportunities to see growth um, and fruit from the ministry, what is going to sustain me is just the scriptural exhortations and the encouragement exhortations from my coworkers here to keep at it because I believe that the mission and the vision that this ministry has is biblical. And therefore, I trust that what God has directed us to do he is going to come back and sustain and help plant. Mm, that's incredible. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just struck by how, uh, as a believer, uh, staying plugged in with God speaking to me through his word and me staying plugged in, speaking back to God through prayer, like those, those are almost simplistic when, when you think about like word and prayer, word and prayer, but like, when we keep going back to that, like that's our lifeline. That's our life with Jesus is walking with him. And I love that you, you ran there instead of saying like, well, yep. As long as I get, you know, five of this or 20 of the, you know, as long as I get some feedback saying that, Hey, I really appreciated you being available for me, Brent, that, that phone call meant a lot. You know, it's like, that's not what we're living for. We're not, you know, we're not living for this short sighted thing. We're looking for this eternal, you know, submission to the Lord Jesus and, and his agenda for our lives and serving him. And, and honestly, for, for anybody who's listening to the podcast today, that applies to you too. It's not just for the full-time ministry guy. It is for all of us that when we submit ourselves to the Lord, that wherever we are, God is going to equip us through his word to effectuate his mission, to make sure that 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 thing is accomplished. And you might not see it today. You might not see it tomorrow. The results might be years from now and you might not see it till heaven, but there is an investment in the kingdom of God that is worthy every single day of your life. So Brent, thanks for encouraging us with that. Appreciate you being on the podcast and uh, looking forward to ministry ahead. Yeah, hallelujah. Thanks, Gwen. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Team Pact Podcast. Have any questions about today's episode? send us an email at communications at teampack.com or you can visit our website for more information about our programs and state classes.